Watch your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frogman of the UDT. Commander Divine here from SealFit Headquarters with the Unbeatable Mind podcast. And I'm excited to have as my guest today, Mr. Dan Brule, uh, Breath Mastery. So an expert in Breath Mastery, also owner of BreathMastery.com and author of Breath Mastery. And you must be a master of the breath, I would imagine. Well, I, I'm basically lazy, so I wanted to master something. I got to master something. That I didn't have to go anywhere special. And breathing for. is, like it's we were like, saying earlier, breathing is free. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Not easy to master, though. So right under your that. nose. Well, there seems to be no limit to <laughs> right how nose. much mastery you can get. Yeah, yeah. So Dan um, spends a lot of his time down in Cabo. He's got a really cool retreat down there. Um, he's been doing breath work for over 30 years, one of the early pioneers. So I'm, I'm totally stoked. You guys know how I'm important I think breath work is. Um, so we're going to have a wandering journey into the breath today. Uh, if you're lucky enough to be watching this in video, then you're in for a treat because um, both Dan and I are really decked out for this in our <laughs> finest Sunday best. <laughs> and Jeff, Jeff has uh, uh, promised to put up some really cool scenery, you know, so we might be talking to you from underwater or jumping from a parachute, you know, or from an airplane at 30,000 feet. Anyways, also, if you're listening to this for the first time and you have no idea who Sealfit or Mark Devine is or Dan Brule, then you're going to learn. But um, you might want to go to our website at sealfit.com. And when you do that, like a lot of websites, a little thing's going to pop up and it's going to annoy you. And it's going to say, put your email here. And so when it does that, make sure you do it, okay? <laughs> do that because that's going to put you on our email list so that you can uh, take advantage of learning about any cool things that we have going on that are only offered to our email list. So um, you won't be alone. We have uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand people who've done that, right? So there's a few pioneers before you. You don't have to worry about it. You're not going to, you know, nothing's going to happen bad. So go ahead and do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Dan. So cool, man. Um, I am stoked. Last time you were here, we did some breathing. And I got to tell you, I was practicing it. I kind of came back to it um, several times because it felt better to me from a, like a, a release and a relaxation standpoint than some of the breathing practices I've been doing. So the common breath holds, you know, they're really, really powerful for um, developing concentration and, you know, the, the, you know, clarifying the mind. And that process of holding, though, creates pressure, like back pressure. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it's nice, it was nice to balance it with the breath that we did, which you described as kind of a triangular breath where you inhale to a point and then you just release. Mm -hmm. And there's no hold, it's just... Release. Yeah. Very nice. And so uh, I don't want to do that practice yet, but maybe later we'll do it. But the reason I wanted to bring that up is like in just a very, very short period of time, let's say 15 minutes, mm -hmm. you took me to <clears throat> a new level in my breathing and I think even an awareness because I, I was having some experiences that were just very cool, uh, very nice Mm -hmm. uh, inner sensations from that breathwork. Mm -hmm. How did you come to love breathwork so much and you know, begin to explore and experiment with these things? I was an x-ray technician in Boston, right out of high school. I wanted to be a doctor, but eight years, four years of college, I just, yeah, I just couldn't do it. Daunting. So the x-ray was a two-year associates program. I said, ah, oh, that I can do. Two mm -hmm. years, I can do that. And um, 
And my first, in the first month of being in a Boston City Hospital, University Hospital in Boston, there was a flyer on the bulletin board to volunteers to get on the crash team to learn CPR. Mm. And uh, within, you know, I was only 19 years old. Within three months, I resuscitated somebody. Mm. And it was, for me, it was just like a miracle. So that was the emergency response team? Yeah. There's a crash, a little blue light blinks. You call up, it's room so-and-so. And there was an unwritten rule. If you push the crash cart Oh, so this was in the the hospital. You weren't getting an ambulance and going off. Yeah, not yet. I see. So you push the crash cart into the room, and whoever physically pushed the crash cart into the room could stay for the whole case. Because within two or three minutes, there was a dozen people responding. Nobody knew who was already there. So the extra people would leave. But the person, even if they weren't skilled, if they pushed the cart into the room, it was like an unwritten law, you got to stay there. Mm. So I would get out of the way and let the doctors and stuff do their thing. But I was there for the first two or three minutes, so I just started to do heart compressions, Mm -hmm. do artificial resuscitation. And he blinked and opened his eyes, and it was just a miracle. I thought, God, you can breathe into somebody and bring them back to life. So I was was hooked even more deeply. I bet you were. And I get up in the morning, somebody else have a heart attack so I can jump in there and save them. I'm not sure that's something to wish for. <laughs> no, no. And it's like, you know, if, if you love something, the universe keeps giving you opportunities. Yeah. So I'd go to the beach, someone would drown. I'm in a restaurant, someone chokes on food. I'm on an airplane, someone has a heart attack. I'm thinking, maybe you people shouldn't be around me. Maybe I'm like, bad luck. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I found- what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> So then I discovered something called rebirthing, which is a breathing technique. So now instead of coming upon people who are dead and breathing with them and making them alive, now I'm working with people who are alive, breathing with them and making them more alive. alive. Same work, higher up Let's talk about that. I've heard of rebirthing. I got him Stan... Stan Groff. Stan Groff. Leonard Orr. Mm -hmm. So what what specifically is the rebirthing breath technique. Can you describe the technique yeah. and what happens during the process? Yeah. it's um, When someone goes through a deep transformation or awakening or a deep healing, it was observed that the breathing took on a certain pattern. Every Afterwards? time. During, through, during. During the actual transformation, when they're dropping their stuff, when they're opening to something new, when they're healing, mm-hmm. the breathing actually clicked into a They say a, every, every emotional... Pattern. Every emotion has a corresponding breathing pattern, exactly. right? So it makes sense if you're going through emotional trauma or release, you're yep. breathing, which... And it, so, so that was observed. They said, hey, if every time someone goes through a deep transformational experience, the breathing wants to click into this pattern, why don't we just use this breathing pattern mm-hmm. and see if it triggers mm-hmm. the transformation? Mm-hmm. And voila, technique was invented. So mm-hmm. that's rebirthing. Interesting. And the pattern itself is connected breathing or circular breathing, or continuous breathing. It's like a wheel of breath. There are no pauses or gaps between the breaths. The inhale turns, it becomes an exhale. It just turns right around. As soon as the exhale is finished, Mm -hmm. the inhale comes in. So you get into a sort of a continuous breathing pattern, Mm. and then you become very conscious of that pattern. Right. And the breath seems to start to stir things up and bring stuff up. Mm -hmm. And then you just practice maintaining that rhythm no matter what you feel, no matter what you think, no matter what comes up, and you breathe through it. You know, everyone's different. Within the first 10 or 15 minutes, things start to come up. You feel Mm -hmm. 
And there are layers. Under every feeling is another feeling. Under mm -hmm. every feeling, behind. So you're working through all of your accumulated stresses, all your accumulated traumas, mm -hmm. until you get back to kind of a pure place, which is why they call it rebirthing. Is there any uh, like uh, therapeutic guidance that goes along with this? Is it all pure my own interpretation of what sensations, experiences are happening? You know so that you don't need a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist or an expert. We try to keep the process simple, mm -hmm. uh, where you just trust that whatever you feel is okay, whatever comes up should come up. Mm -hmm. Don't make it important. Just stay with the breathing. Keep relaxing until it resolves itself. Okay. That's so let's try an experiment. Game. So for everyone watching or listening, while we're doing this podcast, we could be doing this breathing exercise, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's just going to be an inhale. And then as soon as you get to that peak... Just let it, it fall out like a waterfall. Yep. As soon as you get to that full exhale so back in. The inhale is active. You're pulling it in. The exhale is passive. Release. You're letting it go. And you want to let go quickly and completely. It's very similar to the breath that you were doing with me, the one I referenced when we started the podcast. I try to start everybody there because it's a shortcut. Yeah. yeah if you can let go, you'd be surprised. The stuff you think you need to work on, maybe you just need to let it go. Right. Maybe it's easier than you think. I mean, I can so do So metaphorically, it. letting go of the breath allow, will allow you to let go of baggage, let go of uh, pain, pain, fear, tension, anxiety. If you, if you haven't learned to let go of your breath, don't be surprised if you can't let go of other things. But if you really master the ability of letting go and you use your breath to develop that ability, now you can apply that ability of letting go to thoughts, feelings, yeah. emotions, sensations, fears, right. all the past. All that I stuff. think how often you hold your breath when the tr you know when the tension starts or the stress starts. A thousand times a day, people hold their breath. They right. just don't realize they it. Don't Putting realize. a key in a door, they hold their breath. Trying to remember something, they hold their breath. That's an emergency signal. We mm -hmm. forget that. When you hold your breath, you just interrupted the flow of life, and it right. must be danger. And right. so I teach people to trigger that letting go, and do that a thousand times a day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> To compensate for all those times that unconsciously you've been holding your breath. And you can return to a very clear kind of a state, a zone. Right. So, guys out there, while, we're, while you're listening to Dan and I, practice that. Just And the most important part that Dan is talking about is to, to let go. Literally to just let the breath fall yeah. out and it makes you feel like you're sinking into the earth almost like grounding very relaxing yeah and you, you just practice that for this 40 minutes and see you how snap the exhale loose dump the exhale out set the exhale free right and when you let the breath go let something else go let your jaw go let your shoulders go wherever you hold tension focus on those places in that moment and release the tension and you're gonna you'll you'll be able to relax very very quickly yeah, yeah I've and that. very deeply very quickly right. which can come in really handy right uh, <laughs> that's neat so for complete relaxation this is a great breath now um, when we do pranayama mm -hmm. although this could technically be called a pranayama of course mm -hmm. um, but we typically associate pranayama with controlling the breath which mm -hmm. would be to you know say let's have a hold at the inhale or hold of the exhale or both so like box breathing um, there are significant benefits to that too but it's very different right so what's different about when you hold your breath because you just said hey people unconsciously hold their breath throughout the day and they're sending a signal mm -hmm. what's different about holding your breath in a box breathing practice well you're doing it consciously right you're doing it with an intention mm -hmm. Um, and it's so it's actually, I consider it 
more of an advanced practice. Mm-hmm. Before you start to control the breath, Maybe you should just get to know it, get to to experience it as it is before you start to manipulate it. Just Mm -hmm. become absorbed in the process of breathing. It's like meditative awareness. Mm -hmm. And from that meditative awareness, now you might be inspired or your intuition will guide you Mm -hmm. rather than something you read or you heard is supposed to be good for you. Maybe something else is needed first. Mm -hmm. So the difference is, I think breath holding is an advanced technique. Mm -hmm. And before you practice advanced techniques, maybe you should back up. And so, okay, what, what am I not observing about my breath to begin with? Mm-hmm. And, and how does the breath move by itself? Mm-hmm. And how do my thoughts affect my breathing? And right. how does my posture affect my breathing? And right. uh, how does my emotional state affect my breathing? And just get involved in that awakening process. And right. then start to practice various yeah. control techniques. I like that. I think I remember. It's like a relationship. Yeah. On the first date. You don't stop manipulating the other person. You wait till you're married before you do that, right? You wait until you're further don't go along. Right to, right to the home run, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the events technique. You know, you want to get to know it. How does it feel? And that meditative awareness is important. So we're using our breathing to develop meditative awareness. Yeah. I focus on the subtle sensations. How do I know I'm breathing? Where do I feel those sensations? What moves? And you... You observe that, you witness that, you back up, you get your ego out of the way, you get into the present moment, and you experience this moment-to-moment flow of life in Mm. yourself, Mm -hmm. and come home to that. And then from there, you think and make decisions, and Mm -hmm. you move and you act. But then it's coming from some place, not your conditioning, not your programming, not the fear, not whatever. It's coming coming from... from Primordial you. Some, yeah. And true self. Interesting. Yeah. So um, you got involved with the holotropic or, or rebirthing. Mm-hmm. Did you actually um, teach that for a while? Or yeah, I'm still doing? teaching it. Oh, I've integrated into what I do. A couple of those things are just core yeah. techniques. Um, you know, I was a deep sea diver and uh, in a first class diver in the Navy, and our training was pretty tough. And the pressure down there mm-hmm. is pretty serious. And the attrition rate is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember uh, running and was just feeling before like... before you went to become a cardiac uh, It was after. Afterwards. I went from x-ray school. X-ray, yeah. It was the lottery at the time. Mm. And rather than get pulled into the army, I joined the Navy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they promised me schools and so on, which worked out perfect for me. So I was at the end of my rope. I didn't think I could make it. And I'm, you know, guys are dropping out like flies every day. And mm-hmm. I'm like the last one running. And I'm thinking, oh, man, am I going to be the next one not to make it? And this buddy of mine came up on the side of me, Kane. And uh, just, first of all, just having somebody there, like, mm-hmm. helped. Oh, and then he said, look, you know, let's just breathe. We started breathing in rhythm to the footsteps. Mm-hmm. And I was taking two breaths in, two breaths out, two steps in, two steps yeah, out. That's the technique and I used with, buds, too. And within a very short time, I was like... I was I was getting up to the crowd and I was in front and it was mm-hmm. I just got energy from somewhere. So I had another hit about how powerful breathing is mm-hmm. or just focusing on your breathing mm-hmm. in those moments. And so you know little experiences like that kept piling up mm-hmm. in my life until I decided, you know, maybe I should create a system around this breathing like instead of these accidental discoveries, maybe I can formulate you know, a process, a method. Mm-hmm. So I went to India, I went to China, I started studying that stuff. In and, India, pause there. Um, yeah. Did you study with some yogis? I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, some very famous yogis, one of them, uh, you know, written about, I'm right over here by the Self-Realization Fellowship, Yogananda. Yeah. And his guru's guru's guru was this famous um, immortal yogi called Babaji. 
And I actually had a chance to live with him in 1980 at Ashram in Harikon. And he's, for me, it was like an example of the possible human. Was he there? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, uh, uh, we, we won't so, go into that on this podcast. No, but, it's... But, when, uh, but as soon as we turn the camera off, But it opens up something. Look, it, this is possible. You know, wow. I mean, w- w- let's go for that. Let's go for... What's the maximum right. potential... You what know, do you think the that. maximum potential of a human being is? Wow. I, you know, Who I was knows, brought right? up Catholic. And my sense is now that everything I was taught was true about God is actually true about you and me. And mm. what's true about God, I can't even begin to imagine. But I, 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 I kind of lifted the bar for Isn't myself. Isn't that a little blasphemous for the You would think church? so. You would think so. But, um, <sighs> interesting, I, you know, what's, uh, what's possible? You just... Look, why don't I assume the highest possibility for myself? What right. Are, why? Just, why, let's li- just why limit yourself? If, right. Let's just let's just act as if this is and possible. Pr- prove ourselves wrong. Look at Stig. I mean, we had Stig uh, in here with his little um, with a little cat. <laughs> Some of you might have uh, looked back to the archives. Um, I think I don't know if we published it yet. Actually, soon. we'll be publishing it soon. Twenty-two minutes holding. So his breath he held his breath for twenty-two minutes. Now he prepared. Vigorously through you know, hyperoxygenation, meditation, mm-hmm. many, many years of breath hold diving. But mm-hmm. 22 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's not even like the four-minute mile. At least there were other runners trying to make four-minute mile. And then when mm-hmm. Bannister broke it, then it, it broke again and again. But there's nobody was trying to make 22 minutes or even 10 minutes holding their breath. Most people don't even think it's possible to go beyond four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was able to do it for 22 minutes. And... I don't know if he went crazy or was crazy beforehand, but it helps I'm just kidding, Stiggs. <laughs> it helps. helps. It's, it's not required. He's but brilliant. <laughs> he's brilliant. We'll use that term, which is a synonym for crazy. And it's on YouTube. Anybody can just oh, click on YouTube and yeah. watch it. 22 minutes, just see him. He's not so, yeah, yeah, if that's possible, then I think about you know some of the research I've done, reading I've done on, on the ancient yogis who had a lot of time to train. Like these, these yogis who trained from when they were six years old or younger. Mm-hmm. And by the time they were in their, their adult years um, and had to train 12, 15 hours a day, breath control, asana, mm-hmm. you know, pratyahara, meditation, um, they were able to do some extraordinary things. Extraordinary it's, things. There, there was a, you know, we won't go too far into this, but there was a, um, a guy named Swami Rama. I think. Oh, yeah. I lived with him and studied Really? With him. Okay. So well, he, he was, was able to yogi. manifest tumors and they had scientists verify this. He was able to manifest a tumor and to make it go away. That's pretty incredible. Mind is very powerful. Mind is a powerful thing, yeah. It's very powerful. Reminds me of the movie Lawnmower Man. Do you remember that? No. It's little, well, way before his time. So, Lawnmower Man, this, <laughs> you're like, where are we going with this, Mark? <laughs> okay, anyone out there who's watched Lawnmower Man knows exactly where I'm going with this. So, there was this kind of this dunce kid and this scientist. The scientist was uh, doing research on um, monkeys, or not monkeys, but um, chimpanzees to try to enhance their intelligence. And he was, they, he was using virtual reality, imagery, you know, sensations. And anyways, this, this dunce kid plugged himself in. And within weeks, he was just, just absorbing all this information uh-huh. from virtual reality. And pretty soon you saw him be able to manifest blisters on his hand and make them go away. And... Uh-huh. He like advanced so that he could use his mind in all sorts of crazy ways. Yeah. Anyways, that's but, a little bit of a sidetrack, but it, they were metaphorically kind of in that movie, 
kind of going going. It's kind of like, and also the the more uh, recent show is the movie Lisa. Right. Yeah. Remember, we're th- with drugs. Of course, there's always Lucy. some. Yeah, Lucy, not Lisa. Yeah, Lucy. Yeah. So with, somehow she got you know uh-huh. stuck with all these drugs that stimulated the full capacity of the human mind. Yeah. And then she was able to do these crazy things. Well, there are natural exercises and techniques that we can do to stimulate those potentials. Right. And you start to talk about training, and that's like that for me. I mean, the couple I've I haven't had the 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 real life and death kind of experiences, you know. That you've had and others have had, but in the two times where my life was really on the line, mm. it was my training that saved me. Absolutely. If I would have had to stop and think about it, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. So that that for me is the is the motivation behind breathwork training. Yeah. You breathe, you pr- you train certain responses into your breathing so that they become an automatic reaction, right. not so much based on survival, but making you open and available to the next higher level of mm-hmm. your potential. Right. So we have opportunities where we can shift upward or we can default backwards. Mm-hmm. And if in those moments something in us opens and something in us lets go, we can shift. Yeah. But if you if you miss that moment, if you're holding your breath, if you're contracting, then you miss that moment. Mm-hmm. And and unless you've trained that response into your system, you will miss that moment. Interesting. So yeah, that's, and and then the life or death, the high risk situations, those moments become much more <sighs> intense. And so yeah. that survival instinct, yeah. you know, helps. I, I have one experience that that you just triggered that I'd like to share, which is exactly what you're talking about, and it happened on a parachute jump. And um, I had a mid-air collision, and I actually, I think I wrote about this in the first edition of my book, but it, it disappeared after a while. Um, I had a mid-air collision, so we're supposed to turn right when two jumpers are approaching each other, and I turn right, and the other jumper turned left, and boom, collapsed, and, and my chute was below him, and so I lost all air. And we were only at 800 feet because we jumped out of a helicopter, and I just went, boom, started pummeling, you know, plummeting to the earth. There were only about, you know, six or seven seconds left. But I swear to God, that felt like 60 seconds to me. (laughs) And so Uh immediately my breathing kicked in, right? Just like you're talking about, nice and slow. Instead of having to think, I automatically started going through the emergency protocol, shaking the rig, trying to get, you know, air, noticing that's not going to happen, breathing through it, calmly just taking my reserve, punching it out, throwing it out. And as soon as that happened, uh, about two, two to three seconds from the ground, my mane started to catch air. And I landed with a perfect PLF, but like a sack of potatoes, because I was going about three times as fast as I should have been. And uh, and I was completely relaxed, though, because I was breathing into that fall. When I landed, I was relaxed. I rolled about 10 times, got up, dusted myself off, not a single broken bone. <laughs> I mean, that was extremely close. That was an extremely close accident. I could have been easily killed. Yep. And I attribute my survival to... Part instinct and part breath. And, and the training mm-hmm. that I'd done in my martial arts training with the breath was, was everything. Right. So it's, it's, an, it's a reaction in it the moment. In, yeah. And that's what really... Right. And, but my body knew. I didn't have to think about it because my body knew or my, you know, part of my, me knew that in order to survive this, I needed to go back into the breath, find that presence where I can, can manipulate time. I mean, mm-hmm. technically, I wasn't slowing down time for the rest of the world. But for me, I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I had all this time to just go through with the checklist and go through the actions that I had trained with the SEALs yep. while my body was doing what it knew how to do from the martial arts training. Yeah. 
And that's Pretty a big cool. part of the breathwork training. Is there's a lot of research on left and right brain, you know, training, but modern brain and ancient brain, mm -hmm. and combining those two to like open up new possibilities. Right. And breathing happens to be hardwired into both of those mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. So we have breathing reactions and breathing automatic breathing patterns and chemical triggers, and we also have this ability to control our breathing. Mm -hmm. So when you start to work with those two places something, you know, something emerges. That's a fascinating emerge. subject. I would love to um, to explore that further, probably outside of this podcast, but mm -hmm. consider this, you know, you mentioned the, we have a tripartite brain. We have the neocortex, which mm -hmm. is the most modern, that's our, our critical thinking. And then we have the mammalian midbrain. Mm -hmm. And the mammalian midbrain is um, where our visual capacity lies. So when we access visualization, it's really coming from the midbrain, but it's our neocortex, which is communicating with it. I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. some doctor out there or, or a researcher might. And so also accessing memory from the midbrain. And then, of course, the limbic system and then um, the reptilian brain is what controls all of our motor functions and hormonal balance and neuroendocrine system and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, of course, all three are critically important. But um, what you just said triggered a really interesting thought is if the breath works with each of these brains, or each of these physical organs, you know, physical parts of our body, which are mm -hmm. in our head, mm -hmm. it's going to work with them in different ways. Right. And so it'd be interesting to target, you know, a, each area of the brain. Like, okay, this is what, you know, what am I doing with my neocortex? And I think the whole stimulating the flight or flight stimulating the rest, uh, rest and recovery versus flight or flight, mm -hmm. you know, by breathing into your belly. That's one way to work with the, with the not the mammalian, but the, um, the reptilian brain. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. And then box breathing would be a way, that's why we're working primarily with the neocortex because we're con it's a concentration exercise and we're mm -hmm. developing this really deep power of concentration by following this pattern and mm -hmm. rewiring our breathing. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, if this breath that you talked about, the holotropic breath, is working with that mammalian brain because it's, it's really getting into the seat of emotions and um, mm -hmm. sensations and feelings and the whole language of the rest of our being. Yeah. Versus symbolic language, which is our mind. Yeah, you, you and just you can get a positing a, a wild theory here. It's 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 already being tested, used, and played with. You know, I'm just, I'm on my way to Russia again. I've been going to Russia since 1990, and um, we're, we're playing with this idea, which isn't an idea anymore. It's become a real practice that if nothing can disturb my breathing, nothing can disturb me. Mm -hmm. So I choose a breathing pattern. I get into that breathing rhythm, and then somebody starts to try to pull me out of it mm -hmm. and distract me. Or I just go ahead two minutes, and I find that some, something in me already pulled That's me out of it, distracted yeah. it. Mm -hmm. So the ability to just stay on a certain breathing rhythm and not let distractions and let other things come in, you're developing this ability not to be disturbed by random thoughts, miscellaneous impulses, urges, and so, so on. Why, why do we need to go to Russia to do this? Are they more disturbed over there? No, they, uh, they're, they're, uh, they don't have the ethics involved in I research see. that we do. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so you can beat the shit out of someone who's just and sitting there breathing. And you don't have, you don't get sued. You don't get sued. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And you actually see where the limits are. Go, oh, oh, I guess we went too far. Let's back up. So they 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 have a passion for, and maybe less. Yeah. Uh, so but you're, you're right. When, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to human performance and psychology, and even testing some of these um, interesting things that the human beings can do, which are outside the mainstream, right? So I think in one of my chapters or lessons from your mind, when I'm talking about. Um, intuition and some, you know, unique powers that accrue, like um, remote viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did some research, and, and what I learned was that the Russians were pretty advanced in using telekinesis and remote viewing and mm-hmm. whatnot, and they were able to um, actually break a spine with mental projection or whatever. I don't know how the hell you do that, but um, it's kind of like bending a spoon, but right. uh-huh. <laughs> bending something else. Anyway, so the Russians have always been kind of interested in that type of research. Yeah, and I could see why. When I first went to the Soviet Union in 1990, the people in the audience were a mix of people that I never saw in this country. I mean, very far out, weird, psychic. Really? And very serious mainstream medical. And they got along and they cross-pollinated. That's powerful. That's useful. Because here we're kind of in little cliques. Yeah, we we uh, like to segment and compartmentalize. Right, and so... It was possible for them to really uh, go in directions that we wouldn't. It wouldn't occur to us to go. That's why I like keep coming back. And I've been working now there for since 1990. So when I go back, I check on people that we trained 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. What are they doing now? What is mm-hmm. happening? And my students are like lifting me up mm. because they they each have their their focus. And when I go back, oh my god, like you know. But they they're practicing every day, and that's such yeah. a serious yeah. important thing. Interesting. Yeah. So breathwork, is it, a, is it a bigger movement in uh, Eastern Europe and Russia than it is here in the West? I think? Uh, well, breathwork is, is part of, it's a required module in psychotherapy training in several countries in Europe. Really? And it's actually covered by medical insurance in some com- countries. So in that way, they're ahead. Um, That's pretty amazing. But I find that uh, it's people waking up all around the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. I mentioned earlier that uh, I was at Boeing uh, yesterday, actually feels like a couple of days ago, but it was yesterday. And I gave a speech to a couple of groups of 125 or so. And, um, you know, part of my kind of spiel is to teach mental toughness and resiliency. And I use the what we call the big four. So it's breath control, positivity, you know, maintaining a positive attitude, mind state, optimistic, you know, abundant mentality, but also energetic and emotional state. There's a lot there. You could write an entire book on that one thing. Uh, visualization. So, mm-hmm. you know, maintaining you know, powerful visual imagery. And then um, proper goal setting and micro goals when times get tough. So those are kind of the big four. But there, like you said, there's profound, profound um, transformation to be had when you practice those, as yeah. opposed to just read about it. Right. And think, oh, here's some cool tactics. Intellectually get right, it. Philosophically, for leadership, you know, right or whatever. So um, and that was my, one of my points is that when we practice these and we integrate them, we make them part of our life, then things start to change, and we start with the breathing. Because that's where the control comes from, self-control and awareness mm-hmm. and that mindfulness and rewiring um, your automatic nervous system and all that. And so I had them perform box breathing. Now, think about this. Ten years ago, or even five years ago, if I tried to, to have 125 engineers who are working on you know, the 787 Dreamliner or a NASA project, you know, right. box breathe, they would have thrown, that got they thrown me out of the room. Like, what is that not doing? Exactly. So, but it is breathing training is coming. 
people are realizing it's the next major key skill set that high-performing individuals need to have. Mm -hmm. It gives you that edge. Years ago in 1992 Olympics from Barcelona and uh, Sasha Karilin, Alexander Karilin, he's like 12-time Greco-Roman Mm. wrestling champion. And I worked with him. Did you? I mean, I don't know anything about Greco-Roman wrestling, but I watched him before and during and after his matches, and I was able to identify some things that he could do with his breathing mm -hmm. to recover quicker, mm -hmm. to prepare better, uh, to take little momentary vacations in the middle mm -hmm. of his... Yeah, that's one of the things I teach with Silfa is how, yeah. to, how to recover you know, very quickly you know, with, with breath and visualization and then get back in the fight. Yeah. Yeah, so the Russians that. are using burst breathing, you know, mm -hmm. about burst yeah. breathing, right? So, um, and that, that, it was the first time that I was able to see how just a little tweak in something, big for someone who's already mastered and practiced and has abilities, just a, a little tweak and poof, something yeah. really yeah. opens up. So I, you know, I keep having this experience that, once in a while, you go, Jesus, you know, 40 years I've been teaching breathing. It's like, you know, what else have I got to say and learn? But every now and then, something like that happens, and I'm like reawakened, re-inspired, re-motivated yeah. to like go go further. So, uh, and you're part of that, you know, That's you cool. really are. Because uh, you're, you're not my usual audience, let's say. You know, I'm, <laughs> uh, let's just put that mildly. You know, okay. you're not like the typical person that shows up at my seminars yeah, and you, 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 um, you you're the minority i'm the minority yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i get that um you know i've been teaching yoga and breath control to navy seal candidates since 2007 um at first i was afraid to even tell them what we were doing don't call it yoga yeah we didn't call it yoga we just we're, we're moving <laughs> somatic movement what does that mean eh, we just just follow along and, um, and now, you know, I'm very open about it. And, and my next book is called Warrior Yoga. It's basically <sighs> yoga and breathing and visualization practices mm -hmm. for warriors and athletes. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's a, you know, the warriors have a serious link over long periods of time to breath work. Mm -hmm. You know, the ki, the spirit shot, the hoo of the Navy SEALs is a spirit shot. Right? There's yep. nothing more powerful than... Ooh, yeah. yeah, right. It's like, yeah. Yeah. wells up. It's a synchronizes yeah. the team in a moment of total presence and yeah. power. Super cool. That's the original yeah. meaning of conspiracy to breathe together. So if you're oh, cool, I've never thought conspire, of that. Conspire, breathe together. So when a group of people are conspire. sharing the same breath, yeah. information prep. Yeah. goes back and forth that you're not conscious right. of, but you respond to, like a right. flock of birds, or you right. just find yourself working together, somehow connected on oh, a level. Oh, yeah, you love this. I meant to tell you this, but I forgot. Um, in our last Kokoro camp, which is the 50-hour nonstop training, which is modeled after Hell Week, we did a breath empowerment on Sunday. At, so the guys have been awake now for 45 hours, nonstop. Actually, they've been awake for more like 60 hours, but... Training hardcore nonstop for 45 hours. And then we did a breath empowerment where they did nothing but what we call the warrior breath for 45 minutes with three pauses. Each pause, they held their breath for as long as they could. Unbelievable. What a difference that makes. What a difference. I mean, it's almost like when they got up from that, and of course, there's a little bit more training after that. Mm -hmm, <laughs> I won't mm -hmm. go into details here. <laughs> but uh, they were like new people. Yeah. It was very, very cool. So it was the first time I had the courage to try that in a Kokoro camp. I've, I used to basically just do yoga uh -huh. and some movement, which works very well also. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then I put them into a little shavasana and they fall asleep, you know. But this is the first time I've tried the breath empowerment and it, it was powerful. Well, and I find that if you really master a few basic things in the breathing, then in a very short time with just a few breaths, you can get what in the beginning of your practice might have taken 20, 30, 40 right. minutes. Right. But with the skill and the mastery, right. one or two breaths and right. boom, you're right back right. in the zone. That's I think that, that's a key, like, exactly. Getting into the zone, the breath is our um, bridge to that flow state, yeah. right? It is what will kick us into the flow state. But, you know, when we can link the breath to a, a physiological and a psychological pattern of peak performance, mm -hmm. and then you're right, then that one breath, becomes the trigger. Everything can turn around. Everything in comes the face right of in. One breath, right, one everything breath. can turn around, yeah. But if you're, for it's example. It's gotta be trained though, it's not. Exactly, because most people have flaws in their breathing. I mean, they're using shoulder muscles that don't belong in breathing. Their neck is tight. So when you, when you kind of free up the breathing mechanism, mm, then the you get more from each breath. Mm -hmm. And some people say, hey, you know, I tried deep breathing, it didn't work for me. I tried this, it didn't work. Well, let me see exactly what you tried. And then we find that they were doing a whole lot of stuff that really was in the way. So you peel away those things. And I mean, people haven't been trained to breathe. Well, you know, the other thing, um, Dan, is that's kind of like me saying, I tried a snatch and it didn't work. You know what I mean? The, the Olympic lifting snatch, uh -huh, of course, right, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gotcha. So. You can't just try breathing once or twice. I mean, it's a practice. That's why we use yeah. the term practice. It's something you, has, you yeah. practice it every day, and then slowly and incrementally, sure enough, you, you know, things start to happen. And you want to make sure you're not practicing things that you're going to have to unlearn. Yeah, you got to practice. They're going to get right. in your way down the road. Right. Yeah. So it's like we say in the SEAL teams, there's no such thing as perfect perfection, but perfect practice is possible. So you have to practice perfect practice. Yeah. Perfect then, practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Thank you. I like that. That's good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the uh, Japanese concept of shibumi uh, to me is beautiful because it, it means effortless perfection. Wow. And that is mastery. Effortless perfection in breath. Effortless perfection in breath leads right. to effortless perfection in movement. And you see the masters always make things look so easy. They do, right. You and know, then you like try the piano or the violin, you go, jeez, they I make know. it look so damn easy. Blowing out of them. I know. <laughs> Well, I think, and breathing is such a powerful primal skill that if you, if you get good at that, so many other things are supported, are charged, are, you know, turbocharged. But it seems too obvious to people. Breathing, mm. you know, like it's so simple. What's to learn? It's like, you know. Right. <sighs> yeah, so <laughs> it's free. <laughs> Right, which is an and you have to do it yourself. You have to do it yourself. Which, oh Jesus, you mean somebody can't do it for me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can't take a pill to breathe better. No, no, no. Although they'll probably try to invent one, I'm sure. Yeah. So why don't we use this time to give, uh, yeah. I'd like to give people a couple of basic things that even without any practice they can start to do. You don't need an expert. Like sighing, a sigh of relief. Oh yeah, sighing is awesome. <sighs> and I... I get people, I look, do that a thousand times a day. Right. I mean, without exaggerating. Just every, somebody says something you like. <sighs> somebody says something you That's don't the breath. like. That's the That's breath. That's the breath. That's that inhale to a peak and just and completely release. And just release. do that. And so now what you're doing no, is I, you're. I would also say when you sigh, sigh for a positive reason. I, for the pleasure. I, yeah, for the pleasure. I've had uh, experience with people who sigh yeah. out of negativity, 
or out of uh, disgust <sighs> Bored or, or yeah, boredom frustration. And, and that's going to have kind of a, a downer effect. On but it shows you that the body is... It's, it's trying to break It's through. trying to like get rid of the stress. It's yes. trying to get rid of the Good. boredom, not yeah. get into it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's okay. got to be about pleasure. And it has to be really conscious. <sighs> so in a moment, you can fall into a really deep state of pleasure and centeredness just with the one breath. So use a sigh of relief. Just start to like magnify it, intensify it, exaggerate it, okay. make it theatrical, yeah. squeeze more juice out of what is already a natural response. Mm -hmm. So that's the first. And so, hey, so here's, here's an idea. So um, for, for those of you who have um, high performing teams, like surgery team, just try sighing in the middle of your next meeting. Yeah. See what happens. One breath just to reboot. Just yeah. to, and you get good at that, and you can in one. You know, you might you have to do a few. You might have to practice, but at some it, point, sighing like yawning is probably <sighs> is probably something that once you do it, other people start following suit. Yeah, right there's a lot, real interesting research going on around yawning because yeah. people we haven't really. Why do we yawn, and why is that hardwired? Yeah. And even birds and babies in the womb yawn. Do and we know why? Has anyone really figured it we're out? We're scratching the surface, I think, and mm -hmm. I think it's gonna. We're gonna open up a lot of possibilities. Uh, so I'm teaching people to yawn deliberately, mm -hmm. to yawn consciously, and uh, to spin the breath like a wheel when they yawn. Yeah, I was trying doing it because we practiced that last time you were here. Right. It looks pretty funny. It right? is. It's weird. But when you yawn, something opens up in the back of your jaw and your throat that you can't do it. The yawn yeah. doesn't. You know what I, what I experienced when I did this is that the yawn is, it's like laughing yoga. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because your, your mouth is in a smile. <laughs> You're sending all those signals to your brain that feels good. And, and then the, yeah. the yawn, and you come out of that yawn, you feel like you just had a laughing fit. Yeah. Well, that. <laughs> it feels so good. Right. That thing, it's happening. Yeah, the opening happening. is happening. It's How like cool it's, is that? it's 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 tricky. It seems playful. It seems silly. Yeah, that's why the yawn feels so something. good. You come out of it feeling positive. Really, <laughs> two really. spot drills right there. <laughs> Sigh and yawn. Hey, we should package these into a course okay, and put them together. There you go. Together, you yeah. put them together into your own. What is the combination of a yawn and a sigh? You a know, song or a yai. Yai. <laughs> So this is simple stuff, which is why people kind of write it off. Oh, it's too simple. It's too right. basic until you actually practice yeah, it. Yeah, you practice it. And then, and then something starts to happen in you, you know? And so it's like that sigh of relief. It's like that original rebirthing technique. Mm -hmm. A sigh of relief occurs naturally when we go from pain to no pain, mm -hmm. when we go from fear to no fear. You don't think about it. You don't make it happen. A sigh of relief happens. Mm -hmm. So... A, a, so Use the sigh of relief, and you, you tend to push your system in the direction that resonates mm -hmm. with that. Yeah, particular instead of waiting for it to happen, you take conscious Trigger. control of them. You yeah. It. Yeah. And the yawning is a really, that, that's the sigh of relief, let's say. It, is it possible to be locked up in pain, to be paralyzed in fear, and breathe like this? <sighs> I mean, I don't no, think so, right? but if you could breathe like that, could you possibly be locked up in pain or fear? So it's a, it's a key. Right. It really is. If you can access that breath in those moments, access a, a, a leisurely expansion, 
not rushed. You're not gasping for breath. You, you have the time and the safety to take your time. And then let go and relax. You can only do that when you already feel good, when you're already at peace, when you're already relaxed. But what if you could do that when you weren't? Mm -hmm. You would trigger the peace. You would trigger the relaxation. Right, right. But you have to train yourself to do it. Because in those moments where under stress, the hardest thing to do is to open and expand and relax and let go. Mm -hmm. But that's when you need to do it the most. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, and you can't do it unless you've trained. And now your system by itself, it'll trigger it. So now if my bliss gets dented or if tension accumulates in me, this breath comes out of nowhere mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and displaces that. I don't yeah. even have to think about it anymore. You know what's coming up to me is our, um, our experience with Stig and him trying to get um, victims of PTSD mm -hmm. to learn some of these techniques. So what we found and what Stig found and what Dan and I have experienced is that um, government bureaucracy, God bless you guys if you're working for them, not ready to hear this message yet. You're going to be the last. The government, the bureaucrats, the bureaucracies, the rigid systems are the last to be able to even accept new, new things, new ideas, new thinking. Mm -hmm. So if you are suffering from PTSD or you have a friend suffering from PTSD, I don't care how severe or how mild, breath work is your answer. Breath work and somatic movement like yoga or tai chi or qigong mm -hmm. and visualization and meditation are the, the combination of these, but it starts with the breath. Mm -hmm. And that's how we, re, we rewire our nervous system. Your nervous system is fried, face it. And, um, and, and until you either just start a practice like this yourself or come visit Dan or myself or you know go uh, enroll in his very uh, excellent online program called uh, Breath Mastery, um, you're not going to get this from the government. You're not going to get it from the VA unless you have a very enlightened doctor in the VA who's an unbeatable mind, right, who gets it. Okay, so, but you can take, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of taking responsibility ourselves for our own health, our own healing. Uh, breath is free medicine. Yeah. I mean, we do want drug-free solutions. Absolutely. But without some skill or some ability, we, we naturally default to a drug. Well, and we've got a lifetime of habits of not doing these types of practices. Yeah. And we talked about the Boeing space, yeah. you know, 120 people were handed a gift. How many will take that and actually practice it apply. every day? And I said, listen, if you just do this for five or 10 minutes every day, yeah. either as part of your training session, if you do some physical training, or in the morning when you wake up or in the evening when you go to bed, it'll change your life. It's guaranteed to. Guaranteed, yeah. Because you, you're making a change in a very primal level of yourself. I mean, if you changing something about how you breathe, that's yeah. deep, it's that's deep, primal. Yeah. And then making changes on other levels is easier. Right. But if you can't make a change in the way you breathe, don't be surprised if you can't make any other changes. You're going to keep bumping yeah. into habits and patterns that stop you. Yeah, so this is the, the excellent uh, point you just make is we often, and we're taught here in the West, to look outside of us and to figure out what can we change about our environment, you know, take this class, find that expert, when mm -hmm. the answer lies inside you. The answer to deep change lies inside you, and starting with the breath is like starting at this beginning. Yeah. You know, that's going right into the belly of the beast and just taking control. You take control of the breath, you take control of your mind, take control of your body, and then it gives you total control to change your internal environment 
Yeah. And that's where you're going to find healing. So. And people want everything to change, but they don't want to change themselves. And that's I don't that's think, you know, where, people yeah. have been taught that that's not really possible or easy. Or yeah, that you well, need, just or that you need an expert. Yeah. I yeah. Just, this oh, is that's the way I am. I just can't relax. I, yeah. That's someone who's got those kind of thoughts. You need to open up your breath and let go <laughs> and mm-hmm. choose another thought. And that's it. I think, you know, it's a body, mind breath or body mind spirit approach right. you gotta you gotta watch yourself talk and change the stories you tell yourself mm-hmm. you gotta do something different with your body mm-hmm. and you have to make a real fundamental change in how you are living right. and the breath is like oh there it is let's change there the way i'm breathing and that's right. boom now you're in the you're in the you're in the game yeah. and now it's how fast can you go how deep can you go what do you think is possible and then you, your intuition will work better. You'll be attracted to the right teacher. You'll gravitate towards the right practice. And uh, you'll be inspired, inspired to yeah. take your next step. <laughs> um, we got to wrap this up here pretty soon. But uh, what I'm curious is what does your daily practice look like? I get up in the morning. And the, as soon as I'm aware that I'm waking up and sometimes I'm aware that, oh, I'm about to come from sleep, I focus on my breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I just become aware of the breath. I don't do anything to the breath. I just become aware of it coming and going, going. And then as I sit up, I stay connected to my awareness of the breath. And I sit on the edge of the bed and I just see, okay, now I'm sitting up. How is my breath moving? And I'm getting, I'm taking a reading on where I am in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I practice enough. So if I, I do a couple of things, I, I do my sniff and poo. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I see how easy is that. Mm-hmm. And if it seems a little difficult, then I stay with the breathing practice until I feel okay, I'm open. If I feel there's pressure on me or it's hard to take a long inhale or I'm holding on to the exhale. So I'm just seeing what is my relationship to the breath before I get on with my day. Interesting. Now I have the luxury of not getting on to my day until I feel like I'm connected, right. I'm in the zone. Right. Other people say, well, it's, five, it's 6.30, I've got to get up, I, gotta. I don't live that kind of life anymore, so I can actually sit there and breathe until I feel like, um, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything is like perfect. Now I'm gonna get up and move. So, but maybe a little training period in the beginning of the day, people wake up a little bit earlier, 10 minutes earlier, or move things off to really give yourself a chance to, how free is my breathing? How mm-hmm. relaxed am I? How, you know, am I energized? And, and check in on all that mm-hmm. internal mm-hmm. stuff before you get Blast caught right, up yeah. in your day. That's a great, that's, I mean, that's how I like mm-hmm. to start my day. Mm-hmm. Uh, just checking in on my breathing. <sighs> okay, that was easy. If I mm-hmm. had to work for it, then I'm going to stay mm-hmm. with it until it feels like, <sighs> and there's a certain sensation I've gotten to really recognize. It's like I'm not pulling in the breath. This breath is like surging from within me, mm. and it's not me doing it. And that's when I feel like, okay, I'm connected. Mm-hmm. Just like, <sighs> so I can think the of universe breathing. is breathing you. It's right. I, I'm that's getting cool. that support, right. and I can feel it. It's not just a philosophy. Like it's it's behind my breath. It's under my breath, and it's not no, that, me. That doing is it. such an amazing concept. You know, from the from the spiritual perspective of breath, it is this pure spiritual. You think mm-hmm. that. Um, we are um, manifestations of universal love, God, spirit, and we're how 
spirit can experience life, yeah. right? And so we truly are being breathed by spirit. And so if you can feel that, that I'm not taking this breath, life is the breath spirit, is breathing the me. The breath is taking yeah. me. Oh yeah. And oh, then right, then you're oh, not cool. like like you know, somebody doesn't know how to ride a horse, and like right. this is their relationship. The but when you, you when you really feel that breath and you can ride it, then it listens to you in a way that before it didn't. Now you can begin to do something with the breath. And most people just haven't really relaxed into the breathing. Yeah, to we're still make in that separation. Connection. So the breath can bring us back and make us whole again. Mm. Yeah, perfect. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Where do we go from there? Hmm. <sighs> All right. Whew, I feel good. <laughs> like I knew that I would now. <laughs> All right, Dan. Um, breathmastery.com, right? That's your website? Yes. With a www dot in front of it, I imagine? Right. Uh, you've got a, a training course there? I do. We're doing, uh, there's a free download of my books. Uh, we just did a series of three webinars. I've invited Stig to do the next one, oh, cool. the 29th of March. It's free. We're going to have a conversation about post-traumatic stress and the connection to, to breathing. And uh, I haven't have a, watched the second one. Who was that with again? Leonard Orr. Leonard Orr. Was he the, the founder of Rebirthing. Okay. Yeah, I'll get Leonard Orr. Real wild man. Yeah, really far, <laughs> far out guy. I like it though. I love people who are way outside the box. You know, <laughs> so I'm that's, comfortable. That's around. why you're sitting here with me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yes, yes. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, so you have the uh, course. Do you have any seminars where you work individually? Always. My schedule is on the website. I'm, I was in nine countries last year. Mm -hmm. I'm on my way to Ojai right now for do something tomorrow. I'll be on the East Coast for most of the month of March, coming back to California first week of April, and I'm scheduled for seven or eight countries this year. I want to do something here at HQ, so we got to get something yeah. on the schedule. You know, April, April, huh? Yeah. Well, that's probably um, that's not a good month for me. I'm I'm going to be in Europe, and oh. I've got uh, another session of my 500-hour yoga training. Pretty much eats up most of April. So okay. next time, we'll, we'll look at the next gun. Well, one month follows to the next. And so it's amazing how that works. Uh, time, time, time. We keep getting opportunities, keep coming to us again and again. Uh, so okay. jump on one of them. Lest we bore the crap out of everyone, we will probably <laughs> end this. So thank you very much for your uh, time and the work that you do, Dan. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you. Um, thanks, everyone, for paying attention. Again, if you're on iTunes, um, go, go to our website, sealfit.com or unbeatablemind.com, actually. So both of them, they're, they're kind of two manifestations of the training that we do, Seal Fit for the Warriors and Athletes, uh, Unbeatable Mind for executives and moms and anyone who wants more of a coaching approach as opposed to the physical training. But in both of them, we do breath work, um, and it's very important. So uh, check it out and come and see us here at headquarters. Go see Dan. Uh, continue to work on yourself day in and day out. Daily practice is where the juice is, and then challenge yourself. Do something uh, that you fear and overcome that fear this month, all right? Hoo-ya, Coach Divine out. Lock and load, boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frogmen of the U-T-T. Oh.